the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. Okay, 1034, Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. We're going to be talking with uh, Secretary of State Frank LaRose here in just a couple of minutes if you uh, missed it. Uh, And I know he's going to be limited, by the way, in some of the things he can say about this ballot language for the November uh, Abortion on Demand Amendment. And let's call it what it is. It is abortion on demand at any time for any reason that the mother may declare. And all she's got to do is tell the doctor, my mental health is in danger and in jeopardy here. Get this thing out of me. Whether it's uh, survivable, viable or not, it doesn't matter. That's what the law will say. It also, and this is not included in the language. So, you know, it's not perfect, but I don't know that they're allowed to take the leaps from an individual uh, requesting, you know, uh, reproductive freedom or reproductive health care with making their own health, uh, reproductive freedom choices, if they can make that leap and put it in the language that, by the way, this would also mean that somebody choosing to become sterile and infertile by having a sex change operation, by taking cross-sex hormones uh, and subjecting themselves to even surgical mutilation of their genitalia and their reproductive organs, that, you know, this is something they would be able to do. Uh, I don't know if they can throw that in the language, but I think what they did do here is uh, is very important, and it's the right thing to do. And I'm told Secretary of State LaRose is on the line now, so let's welcome the uh, Secretary of the State of Ohio, Frank LaRose, back to our program, first time since the defeat of uh, Issue 1 back on August 8th. Uh, Secretary, hey, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Doing okay, thank you very much. Um, I wish we were. Uh, I wish we were facing uh, or had a little bit better odds. I should say on November seventh, but I am very, very glad to see that the ballot board yesterday did indeed confirm the language that will appear before the voters when they cast their votes. Can you tell us how that process went, Secretary LaRose? Yeah, so the Ohio Ballot Board, which I chair, has the responsibility of making sure that when the voters show up at their voting booth, that they have a clear summary of what's actually being considered. And in this case, we're talking about a change to the Ohio Constitution that would really um, make a dramatic impact on on the future of our state because it it creates what would be the most uh, extreme abortion amendment in the country. But the really pernicious part of this is it takes away parental rights. Uh, and again, you've heard me say this, Bob, but Lauren and I refuse to co-parent with the government or anybody else. Parents need to be involved in the life-changing decisions uh, that their children are making, and uh, and this, this strips that away. And so it's important that that language be clear and concise. And it's also, by the way, available for any voter to look at the full text of the amendment uh, if they want to. That's posted in every polling location. And uh, And so we accomplished our work yesterday. Uh, and did it in, in in the right way to make sure that voters have that clear language in front of them when they go to vote this November. Yeah, I completely concur. It is it is important for everybody to see this. And um, 
You know, the effectiveness effectiveness of the language here, uh, I think, cannot be under, or overstated because the leftists who are supportive of abortion on demand and what they call re- reproductive health or reproductive freedom are angry. They're angry with you. They call this entire thing propaganda. Uh, the uh, the way the language was changed. In other words, the word fetus was changed to the word unborn child. And I could not help but note and highlight the change in pregnant patient to pregnant woman throughout the language here because you're trying to be accurate so that the people who are going to cast votes on November 7th understand what they're voting on, right? Absolutely. And, and listen, the, the unfortunate thing is that they're probably going to file a lawsuit, so I've got to be a, a little bit careful about getting into some of the specifics of this because we'll be defending this now in the Ohio Supreme Court. But it's um, it's pretty clear what we're talking about here. Uh, they try to use these focus group tested uh, uh, you know, bits of, uh, of language to, to try to mask what they're actually doing. But the, the word unborn child, uh, the phrase unborn child is used all throughout state law. I think everybody understands what an unborn child is. And, uh, and so that's clear. And, uh, again, uh, you know, in the history of, of, of humankind on this planet, only women have been pregnant, uh, as far as I can tell. And so for them to try to use phrases like pregnant patient, it's just silliness. And so we've used the common language that people understand so that voters can see that on their ballot and, and hopefully make the right decision when they're, uh, when they're looking at that. Yeah, and Secretary LaRose, it's important, too, just that you cut right to the chase and in the language here, not, not you, but the ballot board that you chair, uh, in saying abortion, period, because they tried to like mask that as just one of a number of things that are related to reproductive freedom. In the full text of the proposed amendment, they say every individual has a right to uh, make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions, including but not limited to decisions on contraception, fertility treatments, as if, you know, th- this was the, the, the message here. And they, they wait until they get to number five to say an abortion. And what you've done and the ballot board has done is just to cut to the chase and say, including but not limited to abortion, because that's what their goal is. Well, and let's be clear about what including but not limited to is. I mean, this is an incredibly expansive constitutional amendment. When you write constitutional amendments, and again, the, the, the leftist lawyers from NARAL and Planned Parenthood and ACLU that wrote this knew exactly what they were doing. Every constitutional amendment will invariably be tested by, who knows, dozens, maybe hundreds of lawsuits over the years. They created loopholes in this constitutional language that you could drive a hay wagon through because they want to use this to eventually uh, maybe open the door to underage gender transition without parental involvement. I mean, this is part of the left's ongoing effort to insert themselves between us and our children. And uh, again, it's ugly, uh, and people need to know what's actually being considered here. You know, and I'm so glad you said that. I was just getting into that commentary, but when you came on the line, and I was going to say that the one thing that I wish the language did was explain that it is not just limited to abortion. The language does say that, of course, but uh, I was I was kind of opining that you probably can't make that leap on the ballot language. You can't say, by the way, this also would include sex change operations because those uh, uh, dramatically impact. Uh, reproductive health, and this is a reproductive health freedom bill, as they call it, so, or amendment, as they call it. So, therefore, this is you know valid to put before the voters when they go and stand there and cast that ballot. But I, I guess there are limitations on that, right? 
Well, we believe that's what they intend to do with this eventually, but we don't want to do their work for them either by creating a precedent where we're saying that this this is creating this this right to something as ugly and, and really child abuse of, of allowing underage children to receive a gender transition surgery or whatever else. So we don't want to say that and then have a court uphold that that was the, 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 the language that was accurate, and then all of a sudden we, we've out actually now maybe done their dirty work for them. And so we had to be very careful about making sure that what we're stating on the ballot language is, again, what my duty is as the ballot board chairman is a true and faithful reflection of what's actually contained in, in their amendment. And, uh, again, I believe that we did that. But if, uh, here's the other thing. If anybody wants to, they can read the full text of what's been proposed. Uh, it's available at every polling location. It's available on our website. And it's just about 250 words. But what they need to look for is the what I call the wiggle room uh, that the, the lawyers put in there, including but not limited to, and, and that kind of thing. Again, they're creating some very wide-open loopholes here, or attempting to create in our state constitution the opportunity for this to be far more expansive than what they're saying publicly. Secretary LaRose, um, the uh, co-chair of Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights, Lauren Blovelt, I think Blovelt, uh, if I'm pronouncing correctly, cited Attorney General Yost certifying the original language, the original wording, as being fair and accurate. Uh, they're saying that that means what you are doing here is unfair and that you've changed that. Can you tell me where the AG is on, on the language that you and the ballot board certified yesterday? I can't speak for the AG on that, so I'm not going to. When a lawsuit is filed, which, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do, um, I'll be working closely with my lawyer, uh, Ohio's lawyer, the attorney general, to make sure that we defend this in, in the Ohio Supreme Court. So uh, I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I'll let Dave speak for himself. Uh, but what we wrote and put uh, as the ballot language is truth. Uh, it's truthful. It's uh, it's honest. And, uh, and again, I believe the court will reaffirm that uh, if this is challenged. So uh, on what basis might they file challenges against you? I know you are limited in what you can say, and maybe you can't even answer that, but what on what basis might they challenge the ballot board's language here? Oh, I think what they're going to try to do is, is say that it's misleading, uh, or that it uh, is, is biased to one side or another. Again, I don't think that saying unborn child versus fetus is misleading. I think everyone understands what an unborn child is. Um, I don't think that the uh, the language that we've used to talk about a pregnant woman instead of a pregnant patient is misleading. Uh, and so, you know, again, the court will the, the court will will side with us. I'm confident because what we wrote is a truth, a truthful and and fair description of what's actually been placed on the ballot for this November. Yeah, I, I would think so too. And they they get really angry because they don't like the idea of people uh, saying that I'm voting to allow babies to be killed, and that's why they don't want it. And that's why they're going to call it unfair and they're going to call it inaccurate. But it is an unborn child or an unborn baby uh, is is exactly what a fetus is. In fact, fetus is is uh, uh, a Latin term for offspring, if I understand that correctly. And so we're talking about your offspring. And if you choose to end the life of your offspring before it is able to pass through the birth canal, that's exactly what it is. I don't understand what legal ground they would have uh, for changing fetus, which is a Latin term, to unborn child, which is the more commonly understood language that people should have as they go to cast a ballot. Well, exactly. And, and when you uh, when you run into a friend who's expecting, who's in that joyful time of life where they're expecting a child, they, they don't say, I'm about to have a fetus. 
they don't say, uh, you know, they said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be having a child. And, and, and so that's exactly what we're talking about. The left wants to cloak these things in, in this very soft and innocuous sounding language. And they want to talk about choice and reproductive freedom and, and those kind of things. But it's important that we be very clear about what we're talking about here, especially with the barbaric practice of late-term abortion on demand all the way up through the end of pregnancy, which this very clearly opens the door for. They don't want to talk about the hard realities of what they're proposing here. They want to make it sound soft and, 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 uh, uh, and, and innocuous. I don't know if you're allowed to disclose the discussions on the ballot board. You know, you're the chair of the board, but was there any pushback on the eventual language that was voted on and settled on? You know, it's always a, a product of a lot of hard work by our team. Uh, we gather feedback from interested parties. That's our duty. We listen to uh, uh, folks on all sides of these issues. They all offer feedback. We receive that. And then my team sits down. We worked over the, the weekend and, and through last week on this uh, to write the language. We proposed it, um, and then we shared it with the members of the uh, of the of the commission uh, of the ballot board, rather. And so, you know, it, uh, it it's always a topic of discussion among members of the ballot board, among interested parties. Uh, but it's interesting to note that um, nobody from the opposition came in to testify. Uh, they had the open forum yesterday in the Ohio ballot board to come in and offer opposing testimony if they wish to. They, they didn't avail themselves of that. So nobody came in to testify that this was bad. Uh, simply what they had was one two ballot board members on the Democratic side that uh, that proposed a different language, but nobody came in to testify on this, and I think that's telling as well. That is very interesting indeed. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised surprised by that. Um, so the, the, the ballot board, how many members are on that board? There are uh, three Republican members and two Democratic members. So one uh, Republican member representing the Speaker of the House, one representing, representing the state uh, Senate, uh, president, and then there's two Democrats representing the minority leaders of both. So, if there's so, that's, a, so uh, that's the total. If there is a legal challenge to this, time would have to be of the essence, I would imagine, before the ballots can be printed, uh, especially those who have to be mailed out, you know, absentee ballots and so forth, because uh, we're what? We're six weeks away-ish from uh, the start of early voting. I would imagine early voting is going to be yeah. right around September 7th, yes? Uh, well, so early voting for for uh, military and overseas voters starts 46 days before the election, so that'll be mid-September. And then late September, early October, uh, early October rather, would be when uh, absentee and early 7, voting yeah. begins for, for everybody else. Yeah, so yeah, sorry, uh, that's, I think when, I misspoke. that's when the process needs to be underway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I misspoke. I meant but, but we're, we're mere the weeks days. away. Yeah. We're just weeks away from when we have to be able to send out ballots to our overseas and military personnel. So time of the essence here. If there is a lawsuit, uh, we're going to ask the court to expedite this because the boards of elections need to begin printing ballots very soon. And that's uh, one of my chief concerns as the, as the person in charge of elections here in Ohio is to make sure that our boards of elections have adequate time to prepare for this November's election. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. That's exactly what I was wondering. The last thing we need is to spend more tax dollars on printing ballots that then have to be burned or shredded because uh, we, they, the you know, court challenge changed the language here. So hopefully we get that done sooner rather than later if a legal challenge is to come. Well, Secretary LaRose, uh, the uh, the left is angry, so that means you did your job. Uh, and I don't mean to be, you're not supposed to be partisan. <laughs> I, but I mean, I know you're pro-life, and that's one of the reasons you were so pro-issue one. Oh, you know what? One last question. Speaking to that, 
Are you concerned with the confusion since this one has also been designated now as issue one? Because now now the two sides flip from where we were on August 8th. Yeah, it's just kind of the reality of how these things work. We tend to assign the issue numbers based on when they were filed with us. And the first issue that was filed with our office and approved for the ballot was this abortion anti-parent amendment. The second one that was filed with our office was the marijuana initiated statute or change to law and so it makes sense to make them issue one and issue two but this is important this is why it's important for ohioans to educate themselves on this um and uh, and make sure that they're fully uh, aware of what they're actually being asked to vote on this november that's that that's very well said and uh and i'm and i'm glad to hear that um i i do i do understand it's difficult and some people are going to go wait a minute i thought i was supposed to vote yes on issue one well that was that was last time and now we just need to remind people who are pro-life and i know that you are uh let's put the no back in november no in november is what people need to realize if they really want to protect life uh but i uh november very good bob yeah yeah, put the no in November is the way I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push it myself as I campaign for this thing, um, uh, or against this thing, I guess would be the better way to say that. Secretary of State Frank LaRose, thank you for your good work on this. Congratulations to the ballot board for doing what I think is right to make this clear for the people who are going to be casting votes uh, on this thing on November 7th, and uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to be the voice of reason. Take care, Bob. You got it. Appreciate that very much. All right. Uh, that's Frank LaRose, uh, Secretary LaRose. You notice I did not ask him a bit about uh, his Senate campaign because this is not his role here. He's working. This is on the job. And the job here as Secretary of State is to make sure the ballot board comes back with the correct language, the proper language, the appropriate language, the legal language, so that people know what they're voting for on this uh, proposed abortion on demand amendment. The one thing, as you heard me say, and him, he, you know, he agreed. <clears throat> um, you know, you can't, you can't write every single eventuality in the in the unlimited, or excuse me, but not limited to portion of the uh, of the amendment. You can't say, including but not limited to abortion, and list all of these other things they could to, could do, like sex change operations, without parental support because of vague language describing the individual, not the adult and so forth, and what fertility drugs do, or rather cross-sex hormones do to fertility and so forth. You can't put all that on there, but that's what's going to be necessary for people to understand this is about more than just abortion. On its face, an an abortion-on-demand amendment to the Constitution at any point in gestation should be defeated easily anyway by anybody with a conscience and anybody with a concern for life. But because this is written as vague as it is intentionally to allow those other things, it's going to take a massive ad campaign and a massive education campaign on the part of pro-lifers throughout the state to tell everybody what it also means. That this is an attack on children, this amendment is an attack on children, both pre-born and post-born. Preborn babies would be able to be diced up in the womb even after they're pain capable, even after they are viable, even if they're a couple of days before the actual uh, birth is scheduled or is expected. And it's an attack on babies after they get out of the womb because as they grow up to be children and they are having their minds poisoned by teachers and daycare workers and influencers and so forth trying to tell little boys that they should be little girls and girls they should be little boys. And yes, sadly, some warped, you know, trans housing uh, affected parents 
And that's what I call them. That's what I, I, I actually know. I don't call them. That's what I'm going to start calling them because I saw that term in a tweet yesterday. Uh, a, a mother who clearly has Munchausen by proxy and is trying to force something raw to something to be wrong with her uh, with her daughter, giving him te- giving her testosterone treatments and forcing him her to call himself a sorry. You see what they do here? Forcing her to call herself a him and to uh, act male. Uh, so it's like Munchausen by proxy, and we're just going to summarize it with Transhausen, because that's exactly what it is. But at any rate, those things um, are going to impact little kids, and then kids, as they get into adolescence or even pre-adolescence, saying, I want to start my puberty blockers before I go through puberty, and I want to start cross-sex hormones to become something else, and a parent can't stop them. You get that? The parents wouldn't be able to stop them because it would be a reproductive decision that is being granted to all individuals, not individuals over 18, just all individuals. Their own reproductive decisions are theirs and cannot be impacted by parents. So all of that stuff can't be in the language of the amendment. So therefore, we have to make sure there's a massive ad campaign. And let's hope and let's pray, literally pray. Um, that there is enough of a coordinated effort that is much stronger and much earlier than the one that was put forth to uh, to vote yes on issue one on August eighth. We didn't do enough. There was not enough. We talked about it in the weeks leading up to the to the uh, election, uh, the special election on August eighth. There was not nearly enough in terms of public ad campaigns on TV, on radio, online to tell people to vote yes and why. This time we need to we need to correct that mistake. All of that information needs to be included in the ad campaigns and on radio shows and so forth because we're not allowed to put it actually, all of it, in that amendment, which we just discussed. Okay, 1055, right back on Always Right Radio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.